I'm joined now by somebody uh, who knows quite a bit about the tourism sector, tourism lecturer at TUT, Tswana University of Technology, Unati Henam. Good evening to you and welcome. And uh, good evening to the listeners. for taking time out to speak to us uh, this evening. Let's maybe start off, uh, I guess, with something else. I mean, I, I felt that the quanta of this kind of fund, uh, I guess, uh, you know, for some of the people, I guess the size of the sector here in South Africa, um, was rather small. I mean, uh, wh- what did you think of it? Before we even get to Zongas and those Gabansai that uh, have meant none of the money is actually paid out. Uh, but uh, what do you make of the quantum of relief that had uh, initially been proposed here? I mean, looking at the debt level of government, mm. I mean, government is basically broke. So any measure of money that they've been able to collect to try and assist South African and South African businesses during this period is obviously mm. highly, highly regarded because this is a time of business unusual where basically the economy has come to a standstill. And remember, the tourism sector is not operating like agriculture, which obviously is an essential service. And it's important that we must understand that we in the tourism sector have actually got more employees than the entire value chain of agriculture. So we must commend government for allocating money for all the sectors of the economy, including tourism. Yes, but there can never be enough money for everybody. But the little that has been provided, we must com- 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 we must be happy that government is doing this job for us. Mm-hmm. And we know, of course, that relief, if uh, you might be asking yourself, oh, what is this quanta you're talking about? 200 million rand in relief and uh, each application capped at around 50,000 rand or so. Now, uh, I mean, let me give you some context here, Nat, as to why, for me, this is uh, quite an interesting thing. Yesterday, I caught up with uh, one of our analysts uh, that we speak to uh, for our business wrap, and she made a very interesting point. She says, many in the tourism sector have never needed Ukulumande in the main, right? They've never needed to get a license, maybe, I guess, uh, from the Tourism Grading Council or whatever, but, you know, that that's on the basis of your establishment rather than, you know, the uh, demographic of who owns and makes decisions in your company. Uh, but they've never really needed to comply with government transformation obligations, say, for instance, like the mining sector, which needs a social license to mine, um, and uh, maybe other sectors that are more reliant on government in order to get uh, um, not only business, but also to get licenses and the like. And it seems now that all of them are queuing up for government relief without, uh, I guess, for the last 20 years or so, having given or paid any attention to transformation. I mean, this is, this is my sense, right? Uh, because if that wasn't the case, we wouldn't be having this case now. People wouldn't be complaining about this particular provision if indeed they complied with it. Um, the, 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 the research done by Professor Rogerson from University of Johannesburg and the tourism has indicated that actually the gambling sector where government licenses mm. is actually the most transformed because government will obviously place these PE regulations. Yes. Uh, but if I look at the big tourism players, I mean, um, um, your big vest that play in tourism, um, the table tourism, those guys, um, um, obviously because they are vertically and horizontally integrated, they would have levels of black economic empowerment. But you also find that the tourism sector has got a lot of small, medium-sized businesses, family-owned, which obviously might not, based on that threshold, not required to be compliant. So that is basically a reflection on the BE Act that we have and also on this 50,000 rents and relief that is there. My take is that 
the minister had to balance, uh, obviously, uh, ob- obligations that she is as a minister to ensure that she helps the tourism industry while also balancing, uh, looking at particularly what, what I define as survivalist companies, mm. which if they don't get any funding, they will shut off. And to be honest, it is the vast majority of black businesses that find that actually need the support more than anyone else. And I'm talking about people who is a single operator who does tours around Soweto. If that guy has not gotten any uh, visitors coming to South Africa and booking services uh, from January up until now, he's not going to be able to put food on the table. So there is an element of where I understand where the minister comes from, but I think let's await the court judgment, but I think all the way we should look at this that there must always be balance. The, the national imperative is important, while at the same time we have to balance with the transformational imperative. Mm. So unfortunately, I don't have all the answers, but I just believe that we must gaze it from that perspective. Okay, all right. Let's pause there for a second, um, Dagarinam, and uh, we'll uh, take a break. When we come back, uh, I mean, let's unpack here, because uh, one of the things is that there's a charter in this sector. Um, mm-hmm. And I think, uh, as I said earlier on, uh, people would not be approaching the courts if they felt that their compliance levels would not exclude them from the process. And I think Mm. in many cases here, some of the people we're speaking about are people, yes, we have tourism establishments, but who've paid no attention, in my view, uh, to the issue of uh, transformation. And you might have a different view. Give us a ring on 089-110-3377. You might be in the sector and uh, have some of your own views. And uh, if uh, some of the incidences of people uh, booking places and then having those bookings cancelled, uh, on arrival because uh, they are of a darker hue or anything to go by. I think this sector, uh, much like the cricket industry that was being spoken about in uh, Marawa Sports Worldwide earlier, is also in uh, sore need of a transformation. We continue on the other side. Eight minutes it is now before 9 p.m. and uh, we're taking a look at the tourism sector this evening under the microscope and I'm joined by a uh, tourism lecturer at the Tswana University of Technology and that is Unati Enama. Now, uh, Unati, before we went to the break, uh, you know, you were unpacking for me, I guess, the dynamics here in the sector and um, and I guess, as you correctly say, there's a group of micro-enterprises, very survivalist in nature, uh, who one would argue, I guess, uh, are in greater need of the 50,000 rand injection uh, than, say, those who are vertically integrated, where, you know, if you're part of a, a, a hotel chain or a hospitality chain, mm-hmm. the 50,000 rand isn't really much in the bigger scheme of things. But if you're running an operation or a tourism product uh, out uh, in Kailicha or, you know, in Malamlele or in Kofimfaba, uh, that is a small operation with, say, five to uh, maybe seven employees, that 50,000 rand goes a long way. I mean, that 50,000 can go in a long way. I mean, let's also just also unpack the segment. What if you're in the sharing economy, you are a, a, mm. in Airbnb. Sure, You've sure. got Airbnb experiences in Soweto. So now you cannot do those tours because of the lockdown. That 50,000 rand to you would obviously ensure that you are able to sustain your business to ensure that when the lockdown finally ceases, you are still able to operate because you don't want a situation where you've accumulated so much debt that you're unable to get off your feet because we must ensure that these survivalist businesses, they obviously go on an upward trajectory to grow to become well-established tourism players. We don't want them to always be survivalists. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, what, what other conditions are we tying to this help? Because, 
you know, you raise an important point there that you, you don't want a situation where we move from this crisis and we get to the next crisis and people are then standing in a queue once again, begging bowel in hand, asking uh, for this 50,000 rand. You want to use this opportunity to put into place the building blocks uh, that are crucial and critical to long-term sustainability for some of these enterprises. What are some of the things that you would add to this? I mean, I think for me, transformation is an important imperative uh, and uh, it's important leverage for the government to have so that we understand this is not free money. You're not just getting this money for jam. Uh, but what, what are the other conditions that you would add to micro enterprises that would ensure that they have access in the ordinary day-to-day -day running of their operations to other I, I, forms of funds and support and, yeah. of course, to, to change their operations to a more sustainable path? I believe if a person has been a recipient of this one, I think uh, National Department of Tourism is well-placed to ensure that these people must come for additional training as mm. to what to do for the post-COVID reality. I mean, your, your well-established businesses will already have a plan in place that, for example, okay, Uber Eats is beginning now. Let's ensure that if we're a restaurant, let's get on the, on the platform. So I believe it's important that right now there are engagements with them on the new skills they require for the post-COVID reality because the tourism industry will not be the same after this has ended because the customers, first and foremost, will be scared to come at the beginning. So it's important even those soft skills, how to speak to customers, how to alleviate their fears, how to ensure that they still trust the nation of Africa, that will be much more important, not just for domestic tourists, but also more profoundly for international tourists that obviously we obviously want to ensure that they bring the top dollar here. Mm -hmm. How much of the recovery in the tourism sector can happen without a return to air travel? Whew. I believe uh, we can only have 50% capacity mm. if air travel does not operate. And looking at the projections, air travel might only occur on when you're on stage two. But to be honest, if we kickstart the economy right now and business people need to travel, I believe there might obviously be greater lobbying to ensure that at stage three that uh, domestic travel is allowed at a very, very low area. But I think the conversation must be greater. We must not have air travel domestically like we had open up smaller airports and ensure that they are licensed out to people that can run airports to ensure that more airlines can fly into smaller cities. Mm. I mean, Are you talking about Mtata? No, no, I'm talking about Pretoria. Pretoria has got, okay. a, it's got a, a wonderful yes, airport, yeah. which is not an airport. That is, it's not operational. So I think there are many, many avenues where even your smaller towns like Mtata, uh, Queenstown, and other areas to ensure that these smaller airports can become viable for as long as government can start to contract out these airport services to other players who are specialists in this thing to ensure that we bring out, bring down the cost of traveling South Africa mm. so that we boost tourism. Yeah. So the reality of post-COVID uh, is cheaper tourism. Mm. And of course, uh, as you say, I think uh, if uh, we are to get a recovery in the tourism sector, it's also going to need a restructuring of the aviation sector, as you suggest. I mean, I certainly haven't seen a, a plane land or fly off uh, from the aerodrome uh, close to our neighborhood back in Queenstown. So you certainly raised a very important point there. But let's talk also about the diversity of tourism products that potentially should emerge after this. Uh, I mean, I'm also hoping that there is some uh, form of um, restructuring, and I wouldn't call it consolidation because you don't want the bigger players to get more market power in the sector. But uh, surely this should be an opportunity for us when we come back on the other side, when we emerge into the new economy, as the president says, for us to uh, have a tourism product that is a, a lot more 
diverse in its offering and uh, probably a lot more equitable in terms of the benefits and where those are shared? That can only happen if the, our tourism players right now understand that they should be using virtual reality as they entice the customers who are sitting at home as to what is to be expected as we prepare for the post-COVID future. So the the, the major players obviously are cheap consolidation because they're already putting in plans in place, engaging with previous customers and potential customers on what to expect. They are enticing us. So the player right now, whether small or big, you should be ensuring that on your social media pages or your marketing collateral, ensure that you engage the customer right now just to ensure that when you you will be at the top of mind when this crisis ends so that people consider you and remember you as they plan their, their travel plans for the future. Remember, travel is now part and parcel of our society. We are institutionalizing the habit of holidays. So we we'll obviously want to travel, but remember, you must ensure that we choose you we choose your establishment by ensuring that you still continue to engage us right now and virtual reality technology is obviously the way to go right mm, now unat mm, mm. Let's leave it there. Thank you very much for taking time out to speak to us and certainly an issue that we're going to have to grapple with and uh, and debate and engage over because uh, many of the jobs that we need in this new economy are going to have to come from the tourism sector and it's uh, reliant on many other subsectors of the economy, least of all the, tour- the transport sector, I should say, and in particular for international travel, uh, the... Um uh, the uh, air travel and uh, the aviation sector more broadly. We're going to have to leave it there. And uh, thank you very much, Unati Enama, uh, tourism lecturer at the Tswane University of Technology. And uh, uh, yeah, 9 p.m. is the time. That's uh, where we're going to have to leave it. We're we'll back with you again tomorrow. Same time, same place. Uh, half past seven, right through to 9 p.m. here on the mighty Metro. Metro FM Talk. We're going to leave you now with uh, the uh, soulful accompaniment of 9 to midnight with uh, the man with the music, Sentle. He's uh, with you from now uh, right to uh, when we separate the day. You have yourself a great evening. Take strength, my Africa. Nanguku. Sisai banga. Le ekonomi.